Hello and welcome to another edition of the Herd Mentality Podcast with Jimmy O, part of the Poll Tab Sports family. We're uh, happy to have you here with us once again as uh, we start to ramp up some of our uh, podcasts here, and we've got a good one coming up for you today. I want to thank you for tuning in, and don't forget, you can uh, download all these podcasts wherever you download your favorite podcast from. And uh, coming up here on April, which means we'll still have a couple more of these episodes to come here before the end of the hockey season and hopefully uh, for Stampede Country, hopefully that season extending into uh, late April and into May as uh, the playoffs are just around the corner. And we'll talk about that a little bit here on the podcast today. First off, though, we want to thank some of our partners. Uh, One is uh, Unreal. They're an amazing independent clothing brand crafted around the athlete. And we're talking Everyone from a D1 athlete to a normal kid whose only sports is playing daily fantasy, right? Unreal is one of the fastest growing apparel companies in the country. These guys do all the exclusive drops for the Vikings and the Minnesota Wild. So you've got to check it out because you buy one thing from Unreal and it'll become the most worn item in your closet. I mean, these are some great, great looking things. And uh, it's not uh, common for a, a company like this to strike a deal with uh, the Vikings and the Wild. The uh, pro teams, they just don't do those types of things. That's how great Unreal is. And that's why you've got to check them out. So check them out at Unreal, U-N-R-L dot C-O. And don't take my word for it. You can use promo code POLTAB15 to try them out for yourself. Now, on today's show, we are uh, welcomed by the head coach of the Stampede, Eric Rude. We're going to talk to him uh, about his background and uh, what a background he has. I mean, this is a guy that uh, has uh, immense hockey experience playing, coaching, uh, and has, has been kind of all over the country. And, and we'll talk about that. He's gone from uh, from uh, one place to the next and, and all for good reasons, but great opportunities uh, staying in the sport of hockey. And, and ultimately, we'll get back to how did he land here back in the in the USHL with the Sioux Falls Stampede. And remember, fans who follow the Stampede closely, uh, you know, the herd uh, made some significant changes in the hockey operations uh, department uh, over the summer right after uh, uh, the uh, tryout camp that was had in, in June. Uh, brought on Tony Gasparini as a general manager. We split things up, so no longer having the head coach do GM duties as well. Um, and hired Rob Rassi, and, and and then, uh, you know, here comes August, and Coach Rassi ends up getting an unbelievable offer from Michigan. He couldn't turn down, and now the stampede job is open. So uh, Coach Rude was the first phone call we'll talk about that what was that decision like uh uh, maybe a little bit easier decision right in may or june as opposed to that happening uh so late so we'll talk to uh Coach Rude coming up about that, about his background, and, and about the team and what it's been like this year. You're jumping into something that uh, you didn't put together, but um, this is a team that's made significant progress from the beginning of the season. And now uh, look at this team right now. They are uh, looking very, very good, uh, making a run here at the playoffs, have had some close games of late. Um, we'll talk about that. How are you going to get over the hump here? We've got, what, 11 games left, I think, in the season. Um, so we'll talk uh, all about that. I think it's going to be worth Worth your time. You're going to want to check that out coming up in just a moment. But uh, first, we want to also tell you uh, our friends from Duke 
Cannon, right? You can uh, win salad season with uh, Duke Cannon. Spring is salad season in the uh, state of hockey and uh, in South Dakota as well as we've just gotten through the high school uh, championships. Now we get ready for college hockey and the best of the best will be on display during the NCAA tournament. Duke Cannon is so dialed in on hockey. Most of their products come from puck-shaped containers including their popular shampoo pucks. If your hair is a weapon or if you're like me and you you wish you had a little more hair. You won't find a better product than our friends from Duke Cannon. With Duke Cannon, you can also work harder, smell better. They've got all kinds of fun stuff. If you're a facial hair guy, check out Duke Cannon's full lineup of beard care products as well. And uh, here's the best part. We've got a discount code for you. If you go to DukeCannon.com, that's uh, Cannon with two C's, DukeCannon.com, use the promo code PULLTAB10 for 10% off. That's PULLTAB10 for 10% off all Duke Cannon products. All right, let's get things rolling here and uh, jump into our podcast, our conversation with the head coach of the Stampede, Eric Rude. And welcome to another edition of the Herd Mentality podcast presented by Pull Tab Sports. And as mentioned, our uh, guest here today is the head coach of the Sioux Falls Stampede, Mr. Eric Rude. And uh, coach, thanks so much for taking some time to uh, join us here today. Uh, happy to do it. It's good, good, uh, good to be an old school radio station. It feels good in here. Yeah, I like it. We were talking uh, before we jumped on this. You haven't been back in the old radio station for quite some time. No, it's great. It's uh, it brings back good memories. I had a, when I when I was playing minor league hockey, I used to have a, a weekly radio show in Boise, Idaho. I would I would go on in the mornings on every Wednesday or something like that, just you know, with sure. a morning crew that was, you know, kind of selling tickets, whatever. I, I would jump on from the road once in a while, so it was fun. I always I always enjoyed that. I liked seeing the behind the scenes of of how it was all put together because I was always. Uh, I was always more of an AM radio guy than I was an FM radio guy. Sure. Um, so I, I, I liked seeing the behind the scenes of all of it. Uh, well, well. speaking of uh, your, your past, uh, let's kind of start there. You obviously have uh, have quite the hockey background, but it starts from your, your playing days. And, um, you know, you have the, the unique story, I think, that you played in the USHL and uh, you then coached in the USHL, went to college hockey and then uh, eventually back here to the USHL. But um, tell us, you know, what was it, 1991 when you started with the, the Des Moines Buccaneers? What what was that experience like? And, and, and maybe translate to today, how much has it changed from when you played in the USHL to, to what you're coaching now out there? It's, it's amazing the growth of this league and what it's turned into. Um, when I, I played high school hockey in Minnesota, and my season ended after my senior year in baseball was starting right around the corner. And I had talked to some colleges and I, and I, and I knew somehow I knew the Des Moines Buccaneers had my rights. I don't know how, mm -hmm. like they used to have territories back in the day. Oh, okay. So the USHL team, so all the coaches would get together in a room and this is the way I understand it. And they would each take, you know, they would kind of do their homework and say, well, we're going to take this high school, this high school, and this high school for like two or three years, knowing that there were some pretty good players. Sure. So everyone would have like a territory, uh, and then you automatically got the rights to those players. And then after that, they would kind of have a draft to round out the rest of the team. Um, so it was a completely, now it's this big, giant process of <laughs> draft. We can go over that later. Um, uh, uh, you know, so I, I literally got a phone call and said, hey, tryout camp is coming up, and I didn't. I mean, I knew it was an option because a friend of mine's uh, 
uh, cousin played for the Vulcans, but you didn't know about the USHL. Like you kind of went there if you had to go after if you didn't get recruited right out of high school. So I I was at the end of my senior year, I was debating between going and playing baseball at Arizona Western um, uh, Junior College because uh, I was. I, I was actually a better baseball player than I was a hockey player sure. at the time. And uh, so I got to play in like the, the state all-star stuff and, and all that as a third baseman. Um, and I pitched, but I wasn't going to pitch if I went to the next level. Uh, so they were recruiting me. It was a similar thing where the junior college baseball, and then you were trying to get a scholarship from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Des Moines Buccaneers. And I just liked hockey better. I mean, I loved baseball, but uh, so I, I I jumped in in Des Moines without really knowing like what's going on. So I make the team, and then in the fall, I I get in a car and drive to Des Moines without parents or anything. You just showed up at someone's house and, <laughs> and started practice. <laughs> really, it's it's such a different process now. Um, it's just interesting to think back about that. And, and then it, it was great. I loved my – I ended up playing two years uh, in Des Moines, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, and it is funny how much it's changed, right? Because uh, uh, back then, obviously, it was was a good league, but uh, it was opposite in that you kind of went straight from high school to college. You didn't have as many players going to the USHL than to college, whereas obviously now it's flip-flopped. It's very rare to see anybody go straight from high school to college hockey. For sure, and, and, and it, it's – it was it's the and this is how the USHL started to become what it's become uh, in terms of the level of talent. Like you went to the USHL to get a scholarship. Now all get most of the guys are committed by the time they get here, mm-hmm. and they come here and they might switch colleges while they're here. Now it's changed so much. Um, uh, it, you know, I mean, there were a bunch of guys that I played with that never ended up playing Division One hockey, and we were we won the national title my first year and lost in the national title finals the second year uh, when I was in Des Moines. So we were a really, really good team, um, but it was just different the way the recruiting process worked then. Uh, then you you uh, went on to play at Colorado College and, and eventually uh, some pro hockey. Tell us uh, kind of your, your story through there. You know what I got? I got, I was so lucky in my competitive playing career through Des Moines. We had a great team. Like we, we probably lost 12 games in two years or something. We were really good. And then, and then I got lucky going to Colorado college at a time where um, the WCHA at the time was changing. Uh, You know, the coaches at Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, Duluth had been around a long time. And, and CC uh, kind of was the up and comer. Mm -hmm. And we went the year before I got there, Colorado college finished in last place. And then for my Freshman, sophomore, junior year, we won the league title and played in the NCAA tournament and, and did a lot of a lot of fun things. Um, so I got really lucky at a time. And, and Scott Owens, the former uh, yep. herd coach, uh, he recruited me to Colorado College, <laughs> and uh, uh, so he had his fingerprints all over that team uh, in terms of his recruiting that that that, that put that that those CC teams together. Uh, we were we were a national power, top five team. Uh, really had a great career. Played in two Frozen Fours. Um, lost to Michigan in, in the in the final game my junior year in overtime. Uh, uh, I'll never forget that yeah. one. Unfortunately, <laughs> those are uh, tough. 
Uh, so I still hate Michigan to this day. They're the, they're the, they're the one. That's that's my kryptonite is, gotcha. is Michigan. Uh, uh, so yeah, we got really really lucky um, to 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 be able to have those those uh, winning experiences, and then went on to play five years of minor league hockey, which was a blast. It was just so much fun. Uh, you, you know, I had a degree. And just having fun playing hockey for a few years uh, uh, was great. Rode the bus all over the country, you know, moved around a couple different times, um, which was really made great lifelong friends and and really, uh, you know, for anyone that's familiar with the movie Slapshot, yeah, there's some similarities. <laughs> that, that movie didn't just get made up out of the sky. Sure. There's some there's some fun nights. There's some some interesting people that you run into, uh, and you could go down minor league stories forever. Uh, but really, really, really had a, had a blast in my playing career. Yeah, and uh, you know, just looking at uh, your your uh, background as far as where you played to, you played in Florida, you you played in uh, Idaho. I know uh, those are two maybe not hockey hotbeds you think of, but I also know those are two pretty good fan bases for minor league hockey. That had to be fun playing in in those towns. It was uh, going to Florida my first year. Like I started, well, my first year I played in the IHL, and then that league. Um, uh, then I then. I ended up mostly Florida and Idaho were the two biggest spots mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at uh, situations in Florida. It's a seventy five hundred seat arena, and I was I got there at Thanksgiving my the first year that they started, and it was you couldn't get a ticket. It was sold out every night. It was so much fun, uh, really. Just the the whole area that Southwest Florida area really jumped on board, and 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 we had real good teams. I think. My second year, I think we won the league title, but lost in the playoffs. Anyway, we were we were really good, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, just just had a blast. And and yes, going to the rink and flip flops every day was a was definitely a, a bonus. But it's funny then then uh, you know I wanted to play a little bit more, and uh, you know at that point when you're in minor league hockey, when you're playing the East Coast League, you know your dream of the NHL is over. Now you're playing to have fun and enjoy right. the, the process. Um, and and my wife and I, we were like, well, if we're going to do this a couple more years, she's like, well, why not start having some kids? So so our first son was born in Florida. Um, and, and, and the Everblades, it, it could have been a situation down there where I could have maybe just stayed, played there for five, six years and then get into real estate. A bunch of the guys did that and sure. stayed down there. Uh, but I will have to say the, the first summer we, we stayed uh, after my – Second year there, we stayed in the summer, and whew, it's, it's humid. It, it's humid, <laughs> and and it, it, you know Naples, Fort Myers area is it's it's not a great place to raise kids. It's mm-hmm. just there's no one in your peer group, right? You know, right. It, in Naples, it's it's all a bunch of old retired people playing pickleball, <laughs> and 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 Fort Myers is wild, and 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 it just uh, uh, you know so I was like you know what look, looking for something else, and then that's when Idaho came up, and. Uh, and Idaho, Idaho was great. The West Coast League at the time, um, the, when the IHL folded, the IHL at that time was a step right under the NHL. And then the East Coast League and the West Coast League would kind of rival each mm-hmm. other. And uh, uh, so I get a phone call about Boise. And when the IHL folded, the West Coast League bumped their salary cap up and tried to attract all those IHL guys that needed a home. And it was for a few years there. It was a great league. It was a. It was. I forget how many teams. Seven or eight teams, like Anchorage and San Diego, and uh, it was just great. The the team 
the team paid the mortgage of our, or we everyone bought a house and mm-hmm. they they'd pay your mortgage on top of your salary. Oh wow! And then uh, you know, so it was it was attractive yeah. for a bunch of minor league guys. Well, why not? You're going to get your mortgage paid for, and then yeah. at the end when you're playing, you sell your house and you get a little money or whatever. Uh, uh, so it was great. I mean, the travel that was just a fun. That was a bunch of good guys that. We're, no one's making it to the NHL, so no one was killing each other. It was a friendly league, kind of, but the hockey was great, and 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 I, I got lucky. I played two in the, two of the best spots. If you look at, at that level of hockey in the East Coast League, what, two of the best spots in the country. Uh, and Boise, Sioux Falls reminds me of Boise. Like Boise was this just a, a great little place to live, and then it started exploding and exploding mm-hmm. at the at the time. Uh, they're, they're very similar. Uh, and back then, too, I mean, you know, late 90s, uh, early 2000s, I mean, there were quite a few minor league hockey teams back then, right? Because I remember being in college and I'm starting to look for a job and whatever, and I remember, I mean, there was probably seven, eight, and, and I'm probably not all legit, but pretty legit leagues, and then it kind of all crumbled. But at that time, when you were looking, there were probably a lot of options. There were tons of options. I mean, you, I could have kept playing another 10 years. There were so many options at, at that level at, at the time. So, I mean, it was uh, uh, you just wanted to get in a good spot with a good organization and, you know, make sure your paycheck's cleared and, you know, because there was all those stories. I mean, there, there was, you know, and, and then there was the decision to whether to go to Europe or not. A lot of guys would go to Europe for a couple of years, which which is the only real regret I have. I should have, I should have, after my first year, I should have went over to Germany. I had a, an opportunity to go. Um, and at the time, you know, we had a dog. My wife was pregnant. Going to Germany, it yeah. seemed... I didn't have to at the time. You know, I had good options and great places to play. But now looking back on it, just life experiences and knowing the way my wife and I are, we love going out and being social and doing things. And, you know, I, I, I wish I would have done that. Um, but, but, but my times in, in Idaho, Florida, and, you know, the, the call-ups here and there, they were awesome too. So, I mean, it's hard to it, – it, I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. That's good. Uh, and obviously it all worked out well for you. So you then get into coaching. So at what point when you're playing, was it even back in college? I mean, did you know, is there, I always ask coaches, was there a moment where you're like, you know what, uh, you still probably want to play, but at some point here I, I can see myself teaching this game. I want to, I want to get into the coaching business. I always, for me, my experience through, through going to Des Moines really, it changed my life in, in a in a great way and going to Colorado College, uh, it, 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 where I grew up, you just you just kind of everyone grew up, stayed there and and did their thing. Like none of my buddies have left Minnesota. Like mm-hmm. none of you know, like every, yep. everyone's right there. So so to do that, it, it, it was so it was such great life experience for me to get away and have to figure out how to do things on my own and and see different parts of the country, which obviously I've continued to do throughout my life. Um, uh, but it really was 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 such a, a pivotal moment. And while I was playing, I always thought I'd like to be a part of that on the other side afterwards. Um, it, the hockey's great and the competitive part is great, but it's really being involved in in people's lives and kind of helping them get to that next step and being with that. That's the part that I was gravitated like that pushed me more to get into coaching than the actual like hockey part because obviously I love the hockey. We all love that. We love the competitive piece, but I also love believe it or not, like the struggle days sometimes with, with, with kids that are, you know, need a little help, they're homesick, they're whatever. Um, you know, that, that's the part of life 
that I'll be really proud of as I go on um, to know that you're 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 involved at a really pivotal part in these guys' lives, whether it's mm-hmm. junior hockey or college hockey, if both. Um, so so that's that's really what pushed me more because I know how good it was for me that I wanted to be involved in in that part. So how do you 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 get a first job in Cedar Rapids, right? Yep. So what's the process like even back then? Is it, uh, it probably hasn't changed, I guess. Is it just networking? Are you calling as many people as you know or how did you come uh, about finding that position? The way the way it was, I, I I knew I knew I was done that year. So about let's say Christmas I started talking to old coaches. You know, I talked to Don Lucia, I talked to Scotty Owens. Scotty was really helpful. He, he helped push me in the right direction. Uh, there was a team in Colorado Springs in the in the West Coast League in Boise, mm-hmm. and we were there on a road trip, and I, uh, you know, I went and saw Scotty and, and kind of just asked how the process worked and who, who are the people I should contact because I knew some people, guys maybe I played against that were getting into coaching or whatever, but, you know, there was no... You didn't just go online and find things. I mean, I, I I put a resume together and and sent it to every team in the USHL and tried to follow up the phone calls to all the all the people. Um, and and there were a few teams that responded, and and Sioux Falls was actually one of them. Um, when Tony Gasparini was coaching here, <laughs> and, small and, world, <laughs> and it, yes, so so that was it, you know the, the options were were possibly Sioux Falls, uh, possibly Tri City at the time. Omaha and and Cedar Rapids and I had no coaching experience at all so mm-hmm. you know the the I think sometimes coaches that are current coaches are a little leery of that because you know <clears throat> as a player I had no idea what it was to coach sure. none yeah. zero and I knew that 10 days into the job I'm yeah. like holy cow this is what these guys have been doing all the time I thought you just showed up to the rink with a coffee and and yeah. and changed lines yeah. <laughs> and, well, and, and just ask Wayne Gretzky right just because <laughs> exactly. you're a great player doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great coach exactly either. there's so many other things that go into it so so I was really fortunate uh that I got to jump on board in Cedar Rapids with Mark Carlson who's still there mm-hmm. and and he was such a good mentor um and and you know Mark does everything the right way um, so it was a great person to to learn from, and and he was very open to a, a young coach with ideas that were probably dumb at the time, but he would listen and 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 at least acknowledge it. And sometimes we try things, and you know, but, it, but I learned a lot. And and the the thing in, in in those days of the USHL, like it was just me and Mark. We didn't have a scout. We we had some regional scouts that we'd send a coat to sure. or whatever, and you know, call them before yep. the draft. But it was really just us. It was there. We didn't have a. Uh, we didn't have any help in the office, and in those days, you just we I, half my job was sending out packages to kids all over the country. Hey, please keep Cedar Rapids in mind. It, it just it was a, such a different web of 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 how you did things, and you had tenders, so we would do everything. I mean, we did all the recruiting, all the uh, which for me at at the time was really hard. I two kids when I started, three kids my second year in the, in the USHL as assistant coach, not making a lot of money, just grinding. And, uh, you know, you'd go to a high school game on a, on a Tuesday night and turn right around, come back to Cedar Rapids to be there in the office in the morning. And after your game Saturday night, you'd get in a car and, and drive to Chicago, get there at 3 a.m. and be at the rink at 7. That's mm-hmm. just what you did right? because you had to cover everything yourself, basically. Um, so it was there was no better place to learn because I learned coaching. I learned recruiting. I got to learn everything, and Mark was a great mentor. Yeah, that's a, a great experience. Uh, you know, so you're into coaching. You're obviously at the USHL. What, what was – 
kind of the goal for you? Was it, I, I want to get to college hockey? Was it a time I want to coach in the NHL? Or, or were you just happy being involved some way or, or somehow in, in hockey? Going into it, my, my goal, my path, I always thought was college hockey. That's what I, that's what I wanted to, to get back to. Um, so while I was in Cedar Rapids, that was always kind of my goal to keep networking with people in, in, the, in the college world to, to get to there. Uh, and then you obviously ended up landing there. I think you were at Colorado College for for a year. Yep. And then uh, and then eventually at St. Cloud. What? How did that come about? And and uh, again, you know, we are coaching. Obviously, you're tra- trying to move around. You're trying to find other jobs. But at the same time, I know that it's difficult because you're trying to also find a spot maybe yep. where you're going to be stable, right? Well, and that's the thing. Three young kids, and 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 luckily at the end of my second year in Cedar Rapids. I had two options um, in college hockey, and one was Michigan Tech. Um, I, I got a, I got a job offer at Michigan Tech, and at the same time, what happened at, at Colorado College, which was for me, it was still my dream to get back to Colorado College. I mm-hmm. loved it there. I liked living there. I liked I loved the school. Nothing but great memories. Um, and what happened is Norm Bazin, who's now the head coach at UMass Lowell, got in a real serious car accident and uh, uh, right around maybe Christmas of, of that year. And and Norm, at the time, no one knew if he was going to be able to come back and coach again. Like, he was mm-hmm. that seriously injured. Um, so Scotty presented me with the opportunity uh, at Colorado College to come for a year with the thought that it was probably going to be long-term because sure. at, at the, no one knew if Norm was going to be able to walk regular again right. or whatever. So, you know what, it... When you look back, you can look at it two ways. You, you know, you go with your heart, or you go with the like. Michigan Tech was it wasn't a one year deal. CC could have been, and, sure. and and you know, but my heart was always at Colorado College. Uh, so I we 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 took that leap and and went that direction. Uh, moved to Colorado Springs, and and through that year, we we ended up having a, a great year that year. Um, Marty Surtich, former Stampede yep. player, won the Hobie Baker Award that year. We went to the Frozen Four. It was a really really fun year, and and a, and a great year for me to learn once again the college recruiting side and get out and do a lot of that and and coach at that level. So that was that was uh, really good. But then at the end of that year, Norm came back, and so that summer that was that was a <laughs> I can't believe my wife still. Like I can't believe I'm still in this industry after that summer because we had we we had three kids. We I didn't have a job in hockey at the time. I interviewed all over. I mean, it was it was uh, uh, Princeton, uh, Merrimack. Not necessarily interviews, just uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I had an opportunity to come back in the USHL if I wanted to as an assistant. Um, uh, but I really didn't want to go that route at the time. And then I had uh, selling medical supplies in western Wisconsin. That was my ultimate backup plan. Like, just in the whole summer, like, I worked hockey schools all over the place. Uh, luckily, that was when I first started working um, up in Minnesota hockey schools. It was a camp in northern Minnesota forever. Uh, and they had cabins and the whole deal. So they they took us in for three weeks, and we lived with our parents. We were all over the place with, with three kids running around. And, and luckily, at the end of the summer, it, it, it worked out that Bob Motzko got hired at, uh, at St. Cloud State. Um, and it took a while. I, I, I think it was the end of... September still before I actually got hired at St. Cloud State. But I kind of knew that was one thing that was in the works a little bit. Craig Dahl was in the process of retiring. Didn't know if it was going to be that year or the year after. And Bob left Minnesota to go to St. Cloud to be an assistant. 
to eventually take over. Right. So at one point, Bob, the typical Bob Motzko for anyone around here that remembers him, he he always had something cooking. So he <laughs> he part of the plan was maybe that I was going to move to St. Cloud, be the volunteer and work at Matthew Hall Lumber. <laughs> because they were a big sure. sponsor, it kind of so it'd be kind of a good. It, right. it, it's a, it, so that was one thing. I mean, that's how crazy the summer was. Like, right. and my wife's looking at me like, "No, that's not an option." Right. Like, like you're, if you're a hockey coach, you're a hockey coach. You're not working at a lumber yard and volunteering. Like, this is crazy. So, so it was it was a, it was a long stressful summer, and luckily, luckily, it all worked out and and had a great experience at Saint Cloud State. Yeah, and uh, what was it like? Uh, you know, being an assistant at Saint Cloud and and kind of. Uh, you know, uh, obviously I'm an alum, went to school there uh, before you were there, but it was at the time starting to kind of grow that program and you were kind of there as well, right, as the the program really started to rise. It was was such... It was so awesome. Young, young kids running around the locker. My kids, Bob's kids, all hanging out together, running around. Just, just it was, it was a, it was a pure team environment from from off ice to on ice. Everyone at the rink. Saint Cloud State was such a huge part of our kids' lives and and working there, and just so many good people. Um, it, it just it was it was just nothing but good memories, and it was it was really fun because uh, it, it was the start of what Saint Cloud State is today. It, it was the start of that. You know, we my, my first year there, we weren't very good, but we had a big time goalie and a, and seniors that cared like they cared so much, and and. I forget where we finished, near the bottom, and, and Colorado College was near the top, and we went out and, and beat them in the playoffs to go to the, the final five at, at the Excel Center in, in St. Paul. And uh, um, it was such a, uh important time because at the time, that tournament was – Everything. Yeah. I mean, it was eighteen thousand. It was it was so much fun, and the whole hockey world was. I mean, it was the best tournament in college hockey. It, the, I don't, it, people talk about the bean pot. Bean pot's great. It wasn't better than this. Like it was right. the same like massive event. And, and to get there that year, when you're trying to turn a program around, uh, there was just excitement. There was excitement around our program, what we were doing. We ended up going to the to the the finals uh, uh, in that tournament, and and lost to North Dakota, but. Uh, but the, the Friday game in that, but we lost eight to seven or no, Back then sorry. You had the play-in game too, right? Yeah, we so had the play-in game. Additional... So we had to play Thursday and then, so we won, I think it was Duluth. Maybe we beat Duluth and then Friday, the, the big game against the Gophers and they were loaded. They were, uh, you know, gopher, gopher. And, uh, uh, and we beat them eight, seven and it was an insane game. Mm-hmm. Like just crazy. I say eight, seven and the best player on the ice was our goalie. <laughs> and he gave up seven. <laughs> we ended up winning in overtime, and it that one moment because that tournament was so big, it was all of a sudden we were we were going from begging people to take our phone calls to at least they would take our phone calls. We right. still weren't getting the big guys yet, right. but at least they would answer the phone and come up and take mm-hmm. a visit and look around. Uh, so that was that was that was that that moment right there. And then it followed with a bunch of more, but, you know, just fun moments of, of getting things going and, and uh, you know, really fond memories. Then you get a chance in the USHL. I know you went to Green Bay. What was that experience like? How did that all come together, too? You know what? It, it was, it was uh, I'd been around the Green Bay crew a lot in recruiting and, and knew them well. Um, uh, and John Cooper, who's now the head coach of the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, he was there. And when he left, I got a phone call. And, and I hadn't, I mean, I knew... I'd always thought about 
maybe going to the USHL to be a head coach, but I loved it at St. Cloud State so much. Like it wasn't like I was rushing to get out of there. But then it was that point, I suppose I was 30 whatever years old. Um, and in this business, I have, I always felt that I needed to be a head coach at some time to know if I can do it or not. Because until you're sitting in that chair, you don't know. And when you're right. in that chair, it's a lot scarier than when you're in the assistance chair. It just is. Because there's a lot, every decision uh, for the whole organization falls on your shoulders. I uh, wanted to have that experience. And, uh, you know, luckily, uh, Green Bay was a great organization, great people owned it. Um, we had a really good year. I think we were 40 and 20 or something. Some, we, had, we had a really good record. We ended up going to the finals against Dubuque. Um, and I, and I, it, it was just a really fun a year to kind of find my voice as a coach. And, you know, you try some things you're like, Ooh, that didn't work very good. I'm not doing that again. And then you try other things and it works and, and you don't know. So, you know, you start building your, your stockpile in your head of, of, of kind of how you're going to communicate and, and talk to people. So it was an important year for me um, uh, as a, as a coach, just to learn. And then you get another chance to go back to college. Is, yeah. is that because uh, obviously I know you've got the family. So again, I suppose a, a difficult decision and you have a successful year in Green Bay. It was a really difficult decision um, because I loved it in Green Bay. It wasn't like I was running from anything or, or I was a I, I was a, a, a during that time I was a finalist for the Michigan Tech job when Mel Pearson got hired so I was right in the in the mix to possibly get a college head job um, and I and I was in a really really good place uh, in my career uh, and then that's that's when Scotty called and, and, and I, 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 I've always answered the bell for Colorado College um, uh, because it was a place that at the time you know, we moved our family from 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 St. Cloud to Green Bay, and then while you're a head coach in the USHL, you, you know you're probably going to be moving again at that point right. because I, my ultimate goal at, at then was to be a college head coach. And when when they had an opening, I I didn't even think about going there at first. I thought, well, no, I don't want to. I'm not I'm not doing that. And then and then an athletic director got involved and. It sure looked like it was going to be our spot forever. Let's put sure, it that way. That, sure. that was sweet talk that, to that, you. Man. I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't leaving a situation without the thought that that was going to be where we could have our kids grow up and not move again. Mm-hmm. And three years later, that didn't quite work out. And <laughs> looking around again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, interestingly <laughs> enough, here as uh, we go through your coaching career, but you, you end up going back to St. Cloud. But now you get an opportunity with the women's program. So, uh, you know, we talked about rising the, the men's program. I know the women's program, you know, obviously not quite there. So that's a little bit more of a challenge. But what was your thought behind that? And obviously it's a, you know, it's a different different element. Now you're, yep. you're coaching college women's hockey instead of men's hockey. That was another, it was, it was a difficult decision. That was the hardest point in my whole career because I'd never been in that situation where, 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 you know, I probably could have stayed at Colorado college, but I didn't want to at that mm-hmm. point. My, I went there to be the head coach, not to stay assistant with a new guy that I didn't know. That was the reality. So, so I had, I had a, a an opportunity with an Eastern school to go out East. I had a, a potential opportunity in the USHL. Um, and then it would just happen to be St. Cloud state. The women's job opened up and we actually still had a house in St. Cloud that we had been renting out. And, um, Without ever planning on moving back there, right. just just we couldn't sell it at the time, um, and uh, and I it was it was it was a decision that 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 we made um, to try to get that job for our kids. 
to sure. know they were going to go to St. Cloud Tech High School. They were going to finish there, and and then after that, if I if I if I want to switch gears again, maybe maybe not. But but it was uh, it was a great great um, great time in our life to be back in St. Cloud and, and have our kids kind of have a uh, knowing they weren't going to leave um, for for my job. Uh, and I really, really liked it. It was, it was five years. Um, uh, great kids, really, you know, a whole different um, ball of wax, the whole picture of women's hockey, but not the players, not the day-to-day. They cared. They were into it. They were, they were competitive, just as any guy's team I ever coached. It was the mm-hmm. same. Um, and I really, really liked it. And uh, I would imagine through through all this, as we'll get to the stampede here in a second, but it sounds like um, your wife is obviously the chain, right? Yes. You got, we oh, know, yeah. I know being involved in hockey <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. not being a coach, but just being involved, your your wife is, is the, the go-to. But uh, when you're moving around to, you have to have a pretty understanding and very supportive wife, and it sounds like you've got that. There's no doubt about it, and there's been many times where I say, are you sure you want me to keep doing this? Because mm-hmm. I'll get out. <laughs> like I, I know this isn't normal. <laughs> I, I know this isn't uh, the way a lot. You know, most people, when they hear our story, they their jaws are on the floor by the end. Like, you did what? You moved <laughs> Where for why <laughs> again like like every twist and turn and uh, and secret she secretly she really likes it mm-hmm. she she's enjoyed uh, otherwise we wouldn't be doing it but but she enjoys the competitiveness of it she enjoys she she's uh, she's not afraid to move around and have different life experiences and 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 and, and likes it and 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 so so there's been at no point when I say that does she waver. I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure mm-hmm. you want to do this? Because right, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything else, but but I don't have to do this. Uh, and she's like, nope, love it. She still likes the competitiveness of it yep. and and the energy that's around it. Sure, sure. All right, so we've kind of gone through your college. You you were at Miami, Ohio as well for several seasons. Uh, and then the stampede come and the, and this is where, you know, I think your whole story is interesting, but yeah. this is obviously probably of all the things you've done in coaching, uh, maybe the most, uh, bizarre or, uh, you know, last minute. So, um, Kind of take us through that process of because what was it August that it was uh, late August. I mean, you're yeah, you're getting <laughs> you're getting ready for for the college hockey season. You're getting ready for another year at Miami, Ohio, and then you get a phone call from Tony Gasparini. It was it was uh, yes, it was right after um, we had uh, just got back. We spent most of the the summer in in St. Cloud. Um, Max, our oldest, he graduated from St. Cloud, and we were we we, we didn't. Have, there was really no reason to be in Oxford, Ohio, in the summer. No one's around. No mm-hmm. players are around. You can go recruit from anywhere. So we we chose to stay in in St. Cloud for most of the summer. Rented a little house there, uh, and we just packed it up, moved out of the rental, put everything in storage, and and got back to Ohio. And my wife and I went to see Dave Chappelle. Uh, at his little farm, it was really cool, actually. Dave Chappelle. Oh, really? In, in his backyard, he literally built a comedy theater, like a uh-huh. in his cool. backyard. He's got this big place. It's just outside of uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and and so we did that on a on a Saturday night. It was super fun. Get back a Sunday, just just waiting to uh, get to the office on a Monday, fired up for a new season, and 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 just excited about uh, coming back and, and, and ready for it. And I get a phone call in the middle of the day on Sunday from Tony. Uh, uh, and he's like, well, we need a coach. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, it turns out Rob just got to town. He got the new job in Michigan, and we we need a coach. I said, don't the guys show up in like six days? Because you know <laughs> yeah. my own son is here, yeah, so I right. knew I knew the day you know, where, where guys were going. He's like, yep. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there. I'll never forget it. My wife, where there's this little. A uh, little spot on Sundays, we'd go watch football or whatever. We kind of showed up there. We knew the owners and the people there. It was kind of fun getting back. And so I'm I, and typically for anyone that knows me, when the phone rings, I start pacing. I walk around. I'll walk sure. around. Bill, I'll end up three blocks away, not realizing <laughs> it. Like it's just oh, it's the way I've I always, do the same. I, I've always done it. Um, uh, my neighbors always think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's that guy out walking around exactly. talking to himself. Exactly. So it. Uh, um, anyway, you get the phone call, and at first I'm like, oh boy, I don't know. I mean, the timing of it. Right. It. It. It, it was something I had always thought about, to be honest. Just. Um, um, knowing how good the organization is, and and thinking, well, if I ever if I ever wanted to get back into junior hockey, Sioux Falls would be the spot. I loved it in Green Bay. I would, I would. That, those are the two spots where I always thought just stable ownership, a lot of good things, a lot of you know good towns. Yeah. Um. So you know, but I felt bad leaving Miami at that point in time because it's it's a tough time to find a new coach yep. and and uh, you know you're just getting ready to have your big season opening meeting on a Tuesday and I'm talking about leaving on a Sunday afternoon. So it, 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 because I do have a. A lot of loyalty in me. Uh, it was a really difficult decision that way, but it wasn't. It wasn't difficult to come to Sioux Falls, if that makes sense. Because sure. we 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 knew it was a great spot. We we all all that stuff. And if, if it's June, you, it's a no brainer. You probably have said yes. yes before the phone calls. Probably, or, yeah, probably. Uh, so so it was it was. Uh, so I come back in, and my wife's looking at me, and I'm. I, she was in a conversation with another person, and, and she's she's looking at me. She's like, "What was that all about?" I, it's just she's kind of waiting. She goes, "What, what are you doing?" I, and I just kind of gave her that look. She's like, "What? What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about?" And I got a, I brought up the opportunity, and and her first response was, she shrugged her shoulders. She goes, "Well." How quick can we get our get out of our lease here? Because we were just renting a little place there. <laughs> like it took that long. Yeah. She was like, you know what? It, 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 she missed the excitement of being around this level too, sure. um, mm-hmm. and 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 me being a head coach again. You're, yeah. It's a different. Uh, it, I loved it in Miami. Everything was awesome, but. There is that little thing once you've been a head coach sometimes that you kind of you know look forward to having that yeah. uh, again. Um, uh, so so it ended up being. Uh, a crazy month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you end up uh, you end up getting here, and yeah. and, and um, the whole story is unique, and and what you guys have done, I think, is is amazing, and and we can get to the team itself in a second. Yeah. But I mean, so now you're coming to a team, and and I don't know that everyone quite understands or or would think about it, but right, but like normally, your new head coach. You know, you obviously would have more time, but it's like, okay, let's look at the staff and, and maybe, you know, you keep somebody from that's yeah. here because you want to keep, you know, but you're probably going to bring at least somebody in that, you know, right. Well, you're in the situation where a, we don't have time for that. Yeah. B, we've, we've already <laughs> hired, uh, they've already got a coaching staff. So you're coming in and, and, and you don't really know the two assistant coaches that are here, right? No, not at all. I mean, I, I mean, this to go back to the timeline again, to think of where my head was at literally we, I think that happened. It was a Sunday phone call. We had made the decision. I think it was Tuesday when the actual decision was made. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to do it. We we my wife on Tuesday uh, email or looked up 
the uh, Sioux Falls education. She's a special ed teacher. And so she looked that up. She goes, hey, there's a job at this high school. So she emails them, gets a response. She had a job offer before I even accepted the contract to come here (laughs) 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 to go to Lincoln High School. Uh, uh, So and she had she had to start on Monday. At least I had another week for the guys showing right, up, you know. Right. So we, we once again we, we jump in the car and and hook on the boat and drive from 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 Oxford, Ohio to here to try to find a place to live, first of all. So luckily we had a, like a little twin mattress. We threw that in the back of our Yukon and uh, a lamp and one of our TVs, just in case. <laughs> so we find so an apartment. Something. Yes, we find an apartment to rent. And and it was the first one. We're like, okay, we'll take it. And we threw the bed down, stayed here for, for the weekend. Actually, Tony was in town and Bob Motsko. They were both in town. Um, and, and so we, we went out for a night. And then I, Amy stayed here with... <laughs> A, a little bed, and then we're ready to go. So anyway, I drive back. I pick up the rest of the stuff and come. So going back to where we started with this, that's where my head was at, not thinking about sure power sure. plays and penalty yeah. kills and not even knowing. Like, I had watched the team the year before from afar because Max was playing here. Right. So, so you know, I, I knew that, you know, some of the guys coming back. But I didn't have a thought in my head on how we were going to play or – or you know, I knew what we did at Miami. I knew what we've done all over. But until you're with a group, you don't really know. So you know, the first well, the first three weeks were just chaos, getting to know names and yep. people and all that stuff. And then you get into the actual coaching piece, say a month in, right? Uh, because you're just surviving real life before that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so then we kind of we kind of started to find our you know how we were going to play and and what our what our style was, I guess, and, and overall, because it changes every year in this league, depending on who you have. Right. And and, and also in a normal season, right, you, you've had a draft that you're going to be part of. Yes. You've had tryout camp. <clears throat> Excuse me. You've sometimes in our case, you, you've had two, but you've had none of that. So none. You, not only have you not had none of that, but you don't even have, uh, you know, you have Tony who is yes. there for part of one, but you, you, pretty much all of you just kind of from afar know things that's got to be difficult well the, and, and it, it is really difficult because you know i'll always have an idea of how we want to play but you typically in college hockey you recruit guys that want that are going to play the way you want to play in junior hockey there's a draft process so it takes a few years to kind of get the types of players that you want into your organization um so to come in it, it, it was fun to have a blank slate, but we didn't really know what we had with certain individuals. We didn't know if we, you know, if we were just going to have to, you know, get pucks going north and play, you know, like whatever we had to do. Uh, so it, it took a while. And and, it, and it's just the, you know, that's going back. This That's how this league has changed so much. It used yep. to be when, when the Lincoln Stars were, were the best team in the league, Steve Johnson would barely have a trial camp. And at the end of the summer, he would just buy tenders and buy the best players and, you know, spend $20,000 and have the best team every year. That's right. basically how they did it <laughs> right. over and over again. Uh, and it was a good model. It was the way the league worked yeah. then. And now it, it's, it's, um, you, it's really hard to change everything at once. We only have a certain amount of transactions. We, we have a, an affiliate list full of guys, but they're maybe not necessarily guys that, that are going to fit the style we want to right. play. Um, you know, so, so it, it's interesting walking in and seeing the whole thing. And, and, you know, now we're, 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 
now it's starting to become yeah. a machine that, that that we've started, if that right. makes sense. Well, and I would imagine, too, right, in a typical year, um, you talk about building your team, you kind of have, A, you're kind of building those types of players, you're bringing those players that going to fit your model and, and understand. But in this case, as a coach, I suppose you kind of have to adjust, right? Because this is the team you have, and, and yeah, you might want to play this way, but if you don't have that kind of team, that's not going to work, and you know you're not going to be successful, so you kind of have to adjust how you approach it. And, and, and that's exactly what we had to do. There's a couple major switches we we made in our in our, our game plan situation just to try to have more success for this season. Um, you know, all good. All, uh, it, it's just different. Every every year is different, so you know you have to learn how to adapt and, and, and figure things out, and and, and, and this has been a, a tremendous group of young men. They're just awesome kids. And, you know, if, if, if we switch something on a Tuesday, they are, they're all in. And they've jumped on everything. What um, going back to your staff quickly? Uh, obviously, that relationship it, it seems, at least from afar, that everybody gets along pretty well. I mean, that to me, that's kind of amazing too, because everybody has their own opinion. Guys come from different, you know, uh, sections of hockey, but uh, it seems that you guys not only gelled, but gelled pretty early on in the process too. I I, w- I would agree. I mean, that was the that was part of the chaos starting here. We were you know trying to get to know each other get to know the hockey, get to know everything at once. So, so, you know, I walked into a home run situation with, with two big time coaches. Like it, it wasn't, it's, it's, it couldn't have got any luckier without knowing him. Mm-hmm. You know, I met, I met Brandon one time last year, he was helping the goalies with, with Sioux Falls and, and, but I didn't know either of them at all. You know, we had, I had, had basically one conversation with Ryan right when I was going to take the job, and the same with with Brandon, and and uh, uh, and I couldn't got any luckier. And it's just meshed and worked, and it's a great crew. As a head coach, you, you know we talked about you being an assistant coach and um, developing, learning. Uh, how about you? Do you take some kind of pride in that too? That now you have two younger guys, and and I know Coach Crothers had some head coaching yep. experience as well, so he's a little different, unique, but still they're they're learning from you and and. And what you do, and you approach your day. Are you trying to kind of teach them to to get them ready for that next level too? The thing that I've been so with 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 all the moves are are crazy in my career a little bit, but I've also got to work with so many good people and learn taking a little nugget from everyone. And and I I think that's when you're an assistant, that's all you want. You want to have oh. God, we did this thing this way, and I really liked that. And now we're doing it this way, and it's completely different. But I kind of like that too. And maybe I don't like this piece, or I don't like this piece. But that's part of the learning. So I, I, I really try to, um, you know, being in the head coach seat, try to, try to empower assistant assistants, and and they always have a voice. It's not just me saying. I mean, mm-hmm. we we do everything together, every decision. You know, for the most part, and. Uh, uh, try to give them uh, practice time without me on the ice sometimes uh, because I think I always know that helped me as a coach because sometimes sure. you're out there in the drill let's say you're trying something new and it's not working very good when you're out there as an assistant you're like oh god that's this sucks mm-hmm. and and uh, when you're the head coach you don't care you just switch it up because right. you tried it and you don't yeah. but when you're assistant you feel like someone's looking over your shoulder right. and so I, I always think it, it's a good thing to stay away sometimes, um, and 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 then and then they find their voice too uh, because they're they'll they'll maybe speak differently or have different language. Uh, uh, so I, I really, it's the way I've thought whenever I've been a head coach, trying to make sure that they their their voice is known and and that we're all in it together. You're you're back in the the junior hockey level. What do you like most about coaching this level that that maybe isn't there with? 
with college, uh, you know, just off the top of my head, I, w- I would think just the development part, right? Because the, the biggest difference, you're still teaching, right, in college, but you've also kind of got guys, especially when they're older, that are kind of, you're just kind of guiding them, right, and yep. getting them ready. Yep. Junior hockey, there's still a lot of developing that happens. The, 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 the best part is these guys still all have aspirations to play in the National Hockey League, every one of them, mm-hmm. and they should. They absolutely should. At the college level, by the time they're a junior, senior, they kind of know where they fit, sure. most kids. And, and and that's not a bad thing, but there's a, there's a different level of, like you said, they're, they're, they've heard the same thing for three years now, and they're not checked out, but it's different. Right. It's just different at that point. So conversations are different with the guys. And, and, the, and, and you know, coming to the USHL again, they're so hungry, so eager to learn. Like we tried to have an optional skate and everyone shows up like, no, the point was optional. <laughs> Guys can stay away. You don't have to be right. on the ice all the time, but they're so hungry to, to learn and get better. And you know, any video you show them, guys are all in any, anytime we stop practice, they're listening, they're paying attention, um, really dialed in, you know, it's it, it, so I, I really like that part of it. Uh, you've talked to before during the season about just how much this team does like each other and, and, and how fun it's been. Um, are you even a little surprised at kind of how the year has gone? I'm not even talking win-loss, but just how everybody has come together and the fact that, I mean, you, you are taking over a last-place team. You're taking over guys that haven't experienced a ton of winning, but yet the attitude is, is very good, which typically that's not the case, right? There's no question about it. I mean, this, this season could have went sideways a few different times for whatever reason, you know, and it, and at this level, it does happen sometimes because for some kids, this is a a stopping ground on their way to college and some kids come in and they're all in, but every year it's different with, with the buy-in of the group. Are they just here to kind of fill a year and then, and then move on to college or are they here to win? And these kids want to win. They they they've been here. This this you know we're fighting for a playoff spot right now, and it and it feels like we're it feels in practice every day like we're fighting for a league championship. Like mm-hmm. that's the way the energy has been, and literally all year it's been a competitive group in practice every day to the point where we had to pull back some small games at times because you know they end up fighting each other uh, <laughs> in a good way. Um, but but it, it uh, it's it's really been a tremendous group uh, of of individuals. That that uh, that that you know we're we're still pushing right now, and and, and it's really all you can ask for in in, a, in in the longest season that you can imagine. You know, this season's really long for these kids, um, and and the fact that they're still coming to the rink hungry every day, it, it validates what we've done during the season. I think as a coaching staff, you want to make sure that you're you know there's a fine line of 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 making things comfortable and. And, but then hard at the same time, um, there's a fine line there of how you treat kids because uh, you can push too hard uh, and you lose a few games and it can go sideways and, and you lose the group. And, and whatever we've done this year, this group has bought in and they still are. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to watch, and and obviously this is this is all a process, right? And yep. um, you know, you, you knew you weren't gonna wave a magic wand, and I think you know sometimes as fans, uh, you get excited, you want somebody new, you expect things to change instantly, but uh, but the good news is, you know, you're kind of where you'd like to be, right? And obviously, you know, here or there, we'd like to have a few more wins. That always happens, but uh, but we've kind of seen. I've always said after Christmas, you want to see the team turn the corner. You're starting to see that, and 
And now uh, the hope I would imagine is, you know, let's finish as strong as we can. Hopefully you get the playoffs. Anything can happen. But you're also building for next year and that experience of knowing that you're going to have quite a few guys back next year and you've got some good guys, uh, some real talent coming in too next season. Yes, yes. No, no. I mean, obviously we're excited about the future, but 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 not – we're not uh, uh, giving up on the on the on the president, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, uh, this group is still dialed in; they still care, uh, and 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 that's sometimes in sports you hear culture, 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 and 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 there is something to it. And and to me, culture is wanting to come to the rink every day and compete with each other and get better and be great teammates and and inviting new guys in and 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 making them feel comfortable. And I and I think that part of the culture has been set here. There's no doubt about it. The guys love coming to the rink. Uh, we we've created an environment where we push them hard, but we also we're having fun on a daily basis. We're not a we're not a, a you know what you you have a bad weekend on Monday. We're going to rub your nose in it all week. No, we're going to come back on Monday. We're going to try to get better for the next weekend. We're, that's past. The past is in the past. Uh, I always hated that as as a player when you knew you know there's. To me, there's nothing – I'd be so disappointed if a player ever told me that, you know, 20 years from now when I'm having a beer with him, God, I hated Mondays because, you know, after we lost. Like, there's – there's, I mean, you can – a lot of coaches do it that way, and I'm not saying that's wrong where you right. make it miserable all week so you want to play the next week. I don't want to live that way, uh, and right. I, I don't think players want to – and I, I think they respond more to, you know, if you, if you don't score goals on, uh, on the weekend, how's skating you into the ground going to help you win the next weekend? No, you got to make plays. Mm-hmm. you got to go right back to work. And, and you know, it's some, some weeks are harder, and there's yeah. more of a message sent for sure, but you still want it to be enjoyable, and, 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 and you want to know let the kids know that you're – that you care and that and that and that you're pushing them for the right reasons. Well, and and you've experienced a lot. It's a lot different than when you were playing from the Buccaneers, right? And maybe what your coach did back then to what happens now. It's yeah. the whole world has changed. But I think athletes too, right? Like players probably just aren't even going to respond to that. So no. if you do go that route, you're probably going to go south pretty quickly because they're just going to turn it all off. Yes, we we when I played in 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 the USHL, we lost in Waterloo on a on a. It must have been a Saturday night, and and if I remember this, this is I we we couldn't take our our bottoms off. So like the our breezers and our mm-hmm. shin pads, we we took our skates off, and that was it. Sat on the bus, came back to Des Moines, skated at midnight for an hour or whatever, and then won twelve in a row. Like yeah. so, it, for a coach, it works, right. and that was the way things were done. You know, you know, now I would never do that. You know right. I mean? You wouldn't even think about it. I, 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 first of all, if someone gets hurt or what, you know, yep. you think about so many yep. things now that the world's so yeah. different. Um, and I, I, you know, does it work? Can it work? Sure. Uh, but I also think being positive and upbeat can, can, can be more helpful sometimes too. And, and then have, you know, there's always hard conversations to have with people, but, but, uh, but that's the way I always approach it. Yeah, just a, a few more minutes here with with Coach Root. Appreciate you being on the Herd Mentality Podcast presented by Pull Tab Sports. Um, with the team, uh, you know, coming together too. I, one thing I've noticed with this team is, you know, you've got a lot of good players, and and maybe we're not the most skilled, or you don't have any superstars. But I would also think maybe that's a reason why everyone's gotten along so well, and and uh, you know, you do win some games because you, you don't have the the hot shot superstar, you yeah. don't have that one yep. line, and and you definitely. You know, 
I've seen it enough that you, you talk about the camaraderie and, and everybody getting along. That, that really is a big deal, and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes you have clicks in locker rooms, and, and that can even affect the best teams yep. you know, down the stretch. Oh, yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we, we really don't have a lot of, of big egos on this team. Uh, it, it's a it, it's a group that yes we struggle to score goals at times for sure, um, but they're listening and they're trying and they're trying to play the right way and and you know I, I think if you look at our minutes we 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 try to really make sure in terms of the development piece, but also it's important for the team buy-in. You know if you have one guy that has two minutes every weekend, where's the buy-in there, you know? Mm -hmm. So we try to really play four lines and even out our minutes defensively. And obviously there's times in the game where it cuts down and some nights it's goofy because of penalties and so the minutes get screwed up. But we pay attention to that because I do think that's a big part of the team. They all have to be invested. They can't just look, you know, every every time, all right, well, Billy's going again. Johnny's going again. You know, when am I going to get my chance? And some guys will feel that way at times just because the game goes a situation or goes a certain way, but we try to really, it's something I've always thought that's important. If you want buy-in from the whole group, they have to be a part of it and and get out there and, and, and do it. And you don't have, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to not have that one or two big lines that you're relying yeah. on because also that can have the opposite effect, right? If you're like, okay, here comes Johnny's line and and we know that, Hey, if you don't score, we might, we're probably yes. not going to win tonight yeah. versus being able to throw everybody out there. And, and, and you know, there's obviously going to be certain lines you're going to put over others, but at the same point you can, everybody's expected to contribute and try and make some happen to score. Exactly. Exactly. We're, 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 uh, uh, it, and there is something to a team like that for sure. That, that brings them closer together and, and, uh, uh, you know, we we certainly. Uh, I always hated it when when the the top line was in one color all year, and that you know, like that mm-hmm. that kind of mentality where we try to mix things up. And and uh, some years you don't have it. We don't have a top line. I don't think we right. have we have we have some depth up front um, with guys that can play, not necessarily scorers or guys that haven't found their scoring rhythm yet. Some are finding it later in the year, which is all part of the process. Uh, but it's had it's had to be with the games we've won and to and to stay in competitive games. It has to be the all in mentality of the whole team. The uh, the team here, you're coming down the stretch here. You, you mentioned uh, making a playoff run, so you're kind of in the spot where you wanted to be. Um, I know the last three losses have been tough, but they've also been by one goal. And I guess you I can look at it one of two ways, right? <laughs> I like I always look, it's, it's... like uh, uh, on a on a negative, it's more frustrating, right? Because yes. I always said sometimes you lose six to one as a coach, you can either we throw this one out or, hey, we really need to evaluate. Um, but I look at it as maybe a positive. Yes, it's frustrating. We deserve more points, but you're really showing down the stretch that you're right there. And yes. and, and we just got to maybe find that lucky bouncer, get that lucky bouncer, make that play. But you know, this is a team that 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 could make some noise and and can make a run here down the stretch. Well, and and, and you you try to evaluate the team in different ways. You know, you obviously have the day to day, you have the on ice practice where you're watching, you're you're this, and then we also break the game down and and try to see. You know, basically the way we break the game down simply, uh, uh, just for an actual number that we come up with is scoring chances for and against. It's the simplest way to break down a game, and then and then what we do is 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 
okay, well, Timmy and Jimmy, they were involved in this goal four, so they get a plus, and they were also involved in a, in a chance against, so they get a minus. So at the end of a game, there's a plus-minus kind of rating yep. that's not the NHL one where you're just, it's not just if a goal is scored. It's it's creating opportunities, and it's a pretty good, it's pretty standard all over the place that, that people do it. Uh, you know, Some people will count it different ways than others, but basically, so, so that's one way we can evaluate games. So if I go back to our last two home games were against the two best teams in our division. So you got Waterloo and Fargo, who are really old veteran teams that 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 just have had the the, the great season. Both mm-hmm. both teams have just had great seasons. Um, and, and you know when we, we broke it down on on Friday against Waterloo, the Grade A chances in the scoring area were eleven for us, five against. So against a really good and we lost by a goal. Yeah. You know, like that's right. that's usually those indicators there, you know, and sometimes it's an outlier in there. But but usually you win that game a lot. And then the, the next night against Fargo, we had 18 four. They had 14 against. So a lot against. But we had 18 four. We haven't had 18 chances for since early January. Um, and we've been playing good, but it, we, but we were generating a lot. And, you know, you lose by one goal. And, you know, when we score four, you sure hope to to keep five out of your net. And we didn't that night. Um, so, you know, there's different ways you can look at it. You can say, well, it's just this team knows how to lose. Or is it this team is learning how to win? Yep. And, and that's the way I look at it. We're learning how to win. We're learning how to be competitive in those situations. Our play says that we were doing things the right way. So you try to just stay with it and, and stay positive and without without accepting losing. And there's a really that's the that's the hardest thing is you're never accepting losing. It's right. never okay. But you have to learn from it and, and and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to learn from every loss. Okay, well if those indicators are, are a good thing then what else is there? You know, sure. and some nights it might be the special teams were off, and some nights it might be a bad goal here and there. Some nights the refing was terrible, uh, or or we just didn't get it done, yep. and that happens too. Uh, all right, uh, finally, uh, I think we've got, what, uh, 11 games or so left here at the, the time of this podcast recording. W- what would you like to see here in the last couple weeks? What's it going to take to at least give yourselves a chance and, uh, and um, you know, finish the season strong and, and hopefully snatch that last playoff spot? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's um, – believe it or not, over the last couple weeks – I'd kind of like it to stay the same. I think if think I think if we play the same game we played in those last two games, uh, 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 last two home games, we're going to get the result we want. Um, you know, just got to tighten. It's literally it's one more play offensively, one more play defensively. It's what it's coming down to right now, and and hopefully the experiences we've had throughout the years can help learn from that. We've talked we've talked a lot about this season about how to get this group to learn how to win because there hasn't been a lot of winning here the last two years. That's just the reality. So, so what's, what's it take? And, and I think we're getting our, our game right. Um, and now it's just individuals making one more play here and there. And, and uh, you know, so I really, I, I just want to see really a lot of what's been the same with this group, you know, see them be competitive down the stretch where they they're all in and they care. And, and there's nothing more important than trying to make that run and, and get in. Cause if we get into the playoffs, who you never know in this league, right. I mean, you Especially just got, the best of three. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anything can happen. So, so we, we, with this group, especially, I think it, it could be a fun group because sometimes 
because the season is so long and and some kids have ups and downs and miss their dog and miss whatever and it, it gets lonely mm-hmm. in this time of year sometimes for for kids it starts getting nice out the team who wants to be in town the most is usually the team that wins yep. in this league i mean that's the truth and and with this group i don't think there's any question about that they yep. they don't they don't want they don't want this team you know, the one thing I talk about sometimes, guys, you, you do realize this is the last time this group will be together. Right. So so for this last month now, the last time you guys will ever play together as a group, you'll see each other, you'll all be buddies now for life, but... but It'll never be the same. It never yep. is the same as this group, and you guys love each other, so... Let's 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 give it give it our all and and, and they have been so I I would expect nothing but the same from this group. All right, uh, well, Coach, hey, uh, happy to have you here. You've done a great job, you and the staff, and uh, looking forward to the stretch run. Appreciate your time today here on the podcast. Awesome, thanks a lot. It's 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 been a great season, a lot of fun. Um, really. Uh, can't be any happier here in Sioux Falls. Love the town. Love the people. Uh, we're just excited for the future. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Bet. All right, that was uh, head coach of the Stampede, Eric Rude, and thanks so much to him for joining us on the podcast. Uh, just a, a really interesting background, isn't it, with uh, with where he's been, what he's uh, been through um, from his playing days to being at Colorado College, uh, some time in Green Bay, um, and most recently, obviously, now here with the Stampede, where I think he is very, very happy. It's going to be fun to watch this team down the stretch here, just uh, 11 games to go at the time of uh, this podcast and the Stampede, right? In the hunt, uh, they're going to need to finish strong, but uh, certainly have put themselves in position to um, get a chance here to make the playoffs, and, and at the end of the day that is the goal and I think really you know you want to build for uh, next season and obviously uh, who knows what can happen I I really believe with this team you get in that best of three series uh, the Stampede have played very well against everyone in this conference have uh, competed hard and um, I think in a best of three could really do some damage so it's going to be fun to watch make sure you're checking out go to our website sfstampede.com for all the latest info also want to thank our friends from Joe Mama's Salsa Joe Mama's is the best way to spice up your fundraising while they're known as the official salsa of hockey yes they've even trademarked it. The truth is Joe Mama's is about to be your best fundraising tool, no matter the sport. If you're a parent or a team manager of a hockey team, soccer, maybe it's baseball, dance, whatever it may be, you can sell Joe Mama's salsa for six fifty a jar. Your team will keep three bucks. You can't beat that. Great way to do some fundraising. And Joe Mama's is like a magic carpet ride for your mouth. Comes in five different flavors. So check it out. You can uh, visit them online at JoeMamas.com or go to JoeMamas.com slash fundraising and you can learn more. So thanks to Joe Mama Salsa for supporting our program. Thanks to you for uh, tuning in as well. Again, we'll be looking to do more of these podcasts, get a couple more up in April. Uh, For Stampede News, sfstampede.com is going to be your – Best spot for that. You can uh, also make sure you're following us on social media at SF Stampede, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, all the other channels that I'm too old to figure out how to do. Uh, we've got those too, and we'll keep you uh, up to date on everything you need to know, uh, especially coming down this run. And if uh, you're listening in Stampede Country, 
you want to come out. Hey, don't forget, we got a lot of home games coming up here. Five of the last six games uh, will be at the Premier Center, uh, and that doesn't happen very often. So get the opportunity. We need the fan support. Let's uh, make some noise and get the Stampede into the playoffs here and uh, hopefully deep into a playoff run. That's going to do it for this edition of the Herd Mentality Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for taking time to listen. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again soon with another episode of Herd Mentality with Jimmy O presented by Pull Tab Sports. Thank you.